GameStop, it, like this whole thing was it was viewed as a deep value stock. Like that's where yep. that's where everything started. And so and that, that's that, where Dugo always a- says that value stocks don't perform. And this was up what how many percent this week? So you can eat your words, son. This podcast contains the arguably witty banter of two friends, Skippy and Doogles, that like to debate about investing. The content is intended to be entertaining and for informational purposes only, not investment advice. You should do your own research and consult a financial professional before using any of the information in this podcast, and especially before investing. All right, dude. Where do you want to start? I mean, GameStop. So when I think back, there's these major events in life, and you're always like, oh, yeah, I was on the couch doing this, that, right? Right? Um. When people talk back, when we're the most popular podcast of like, you know, 2025, um, they're going to be like, so why, what really started off? And we're going to be like, we started episode five was GameStop and everyone's going to know what that means. Like, this is a major event. This was one of the most fun uh, market following weeks in the history of my lifetime. Why? It's just, it's just chaos, man. You don't think that's true? No, I so I, I I really enjoyed it. It's just I asked that question why because when I've talked to people about it this week, their why seems to be different than mine. And I'm just I think well everyone seems to have a different why, which is probably why it's fascinating. Yeah, but well, like, so what, yeah, t- talk not, talk to I me mean, about not the crazy. To, yeah, not to dive straight in because I know you have a history lesson for us, and I'm really excited about that. I want to get to that, but like I don't buy the. Main Street versus Wall Street, retail investor versus whatever uh, narrative that everyone seems to have gone to. There is certainly an aspect of that. But I have um, not even friends, acquaintances that I follow on social media that are like changing their name to like hold the line F Robin Hood, right? Like, and it's like, whoa, dude, you don't, you don't know anything about investing. You don't know anything about GameStop. But somehow this is like, uh, political issue for you and that is an interesting phenomenon that i think adds to the story but i don't know that i'm as hardline about that as anything else and what's so interesting in these issues is i find myself siding with more of the professional investor than i do the retail investor often which i don't know what that says about me i don't know if i need to be kicked off the podcast or what but uh so you're saying for this you side with the hedge funds i don't side with the hedge funds but i see their side as well it's not it's not unrealistic to look at GameStop's economics and expect the business to go down. That being said, GameStop has been a value investment that I have almost purchased and several of the ETFs that I follow closely actually held. So uh, Meb Faber's shareholder yield was the top holding ETF of GameStop when this all started. And there's a really good interview with him that we can talk about later. But I like, I understand why you could think that a brick and mortar store that sells video games that you can now download on your PS5 might not have the rosiest future business prospects. And so the Winklevoss twins, how do you say that? Winklevi. (laughs) Winklevi. It's so long that by the time I get to like letter seven, I'm just done with their name. Does that make any sense? It makes perfect sense. Partly because of their history. There's some tweet from one of them about, I'll pull it up, about how horrible this is about, hedge funds betting against main street businesses or something like no america is not better if gamestop like financial instruments about gamestop are not 
really driving the future of the company. Like if it can make profits consistently, it's going to be around and it's going to have a positive future. All right. So I'm going to, I'm going to take you back for a clip snip because I remember back in, uh, I want to say it was late November. We were in a conversation, right? And I was telling you that I was thinking about shorting um, the NASDAQ 100. Yep. Remember that? Sure. Shorting is dumb. Yep. I mean, <laughs> tell me how you really think. <laughs> so I was, I was telling you about that and you went on this diatribe. I've, you know, who knows what was going on visually on your side, but I picture you were throwing that Christmas tree that's behind you. Yeah, I was. You went on this diatribe about how you can't bet against America. You're betting against people that are showing up at their office every day, trying to do good, hard American labor. How dare yeah. you? How dare okay. you? How dare you? This is this is what you were saying to me. And now you're saying, you know what? Hedge funds, like, obviously, they could see how this might be something that could fail. Explain yourself. All right, you're, you're butchering my argument. No, you're, there's part of that that's right, though. So if I get to uh, go long short on GameStop, on GameStop, excuse me, um, here's what I get on the long side. I get decent fundamentals. And it, let's talk about GameStop uh, valuation three months ago. Like I get a cheap stock that doesn't have the rosiest future business prospects. They own things that have people that show up every day and try to make the company better. You follow me? I'm... I'm trying to figure out if I'm following you. Keep going. I'll let you know if, if I, I follow or don't follow. That's what I get on the long side. On the short side, I am betting against all those people, right? Those people that show up every day. I'm saying they, they're, too, they're in too deep. And this company is bound to fail. And I don't like that bet. Like, not... Um, politically or anything like it if the financials tell you that story and you want to make that bet by all means that's what i'm saying like i don't hold it against you politically i don't think you want the people at GameStop to die or uh fail or be on welfare or whatever like i did i you're allowed to look at that financial picture and say uh eh, i don't like the future prospects here okay you're allowed to okay. do that but I'd much rather be on the long side of that equation of almost any equation, because if, if it's just me and you Dougals that have a business and people are going to bet against us and we're going to show up every day, that's going to piss me off. And I'm going to work harder, not only because I don't want to be bankrupt, but because I see other people that don't have faith in me and I'm going to prove them wrong. So I would be happy to make them eat crow, but I don't hold it against. I like, that it's perfectly fine. If you want to put your money on the line and ultimately in this case, lose billions, go for it. Like, I'm not mad at you for it. Fair enough. I'm going to, I, I, I hear what you're saying. You're saying as a financial instrument. Yeah. Like fine, wrong with it. if you're a hedge fund. Okay. If you're fine, that's fine. Okay. All right. I do going back to what you said a, a little bit ago. I do agree from, from my vantage point that this is the, the political aspect of this is product marketing. Yes. So there, there are three things, like my, my three main takeaways that I have of, uh, of the GameStop situation. Um, the first we've touched on a little bit in the past, not very surprising, but is the impact of social media on the markets. I think, again, mm -hmm. it's not new, right? We, we talked about Signal a week or two ago, how Elon Musk was tweeting about a product called Signal, communications product. And then um, there was a stock that shot up like 1,200% in a couple of days because of that. Uh, Elon Musk this past Tuesday tweeted about Etsy. It went up like 10% pre-market, pre, pre right? I, I don't think that's a surprise to anybody that social um, yeah. uh, is an impact. 
Um, I thought there was this interesting tweet from exchange between Josh Elman and Dave McClure. I don't know if I sent this to you or not. No. Um, so Josh Elman, he was at Greylock. I can't remember if he's still at Greylock, but a venture capitalist. Dave McClure, um, founder of 500 Startups, a venture capital uh, accelerator for startups. So Josh Elman says, the whole GameStop situation feels like it will be something we look back on as the beginning of the end or beginning of a whole new chapter. But which? And Dave McCurr comes back and says, just the beginning, more to come, amplified and leverage market manipulation at a scale and speed never seen before. That I think is incredibly powerful, which feeds into, so that was on social media, but doesn't feed into my first point so much, feeds into my second. Um, and I'd like to talk, sit, sit on this one for a little bit. A second yeah. point is the, the, the coordination of this. And, and dare I say, the, like, I'd even call it sophisticated coordination of this by retail investors. That is not to say that the, all of the retail investors involved were sophisticated. No. There were, there were a small, like, there were a couple people that there was, this was a sophisticated, in my opinion, sophisticated and precise coordination right, so by those individuals to make this happen. Drop a little more details there before I push back. Cause I'm not ready to call it sophisticated. I'm ready to call it a school of fish. Like um, people react in ways, a, a lot of people that don't know better get stuck in the herd. And I don't want to talk again, like politics is my least favorite thing in the world, but a lot of like the mob mentality that comes out in people doesn't mean that the mob was sophisticated. Oh, I agree. Look, have you uh, take to go, go way back, back in time, early 1990s, actually mid 1990s. I think this was 1994, 1995. I wasn't, I wasn't born then. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Are you familiar with a uh, classic film called the lion King? Uh, yeah. Saw it in the theater. Cause I was born then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So in The Lion King, uh, there was a character named Scar, right? He was the king's brother. You remember yeah. this? Okay. Yeah. Um, Scar coordinated this, this attack on Mufasa, uh, uh, as well as an attack on, on uh, Simba to get Simba to, to get out, right? Well, he first, what he wanted to do was, was to perish him. Let's be honest. Wait, However, did you, say, did you pick up a Lion King video game at GameStop this week? Like, how, <laughs> how are we talking about The Lion King? <laughs> <laughs> just it'll, 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 it'll come back yeah so anyway so so scar i would say like what's what scar coordinated right to get fit, to get rid of mufasa get rid of simba make himself king it was out of jealousy but that that there was a sophisticated plan to make that plan come to action he used the hyenas the yeah. hyenas were not sophisticated no but the not plan was and what i'm saying here is that like when you look at some of these um these reddit postings by by the like originators of it, um, they are like precise. And when they were saying like, we need to get the the stock to X. I mean, it's like, have you read the post? Yeah, uh, they are, they're, the they're precise. My, no, my point but, is they're precise. So I'm, saying, I'm not saying. You're saying a few dudes on Reddit can do some math. Like, eh, yeah, no, I, that one, oh, yes. I'm <laughs> saying a few dudes on Reddit can do some math and then they can. And I, well, when we go through like the history of it, which is kind of with part of my, part of my third point, like, there, there had to be external factors like that led into this, but it wasn't just like someone saying, go buy a whole bunch of Reddit or sorry, go buy a whole bunch of GameStop. Like it wasn't like that. It was, it was more of, we have to get it to this price before close. If we get it there, then these funds need to 
need to yep. need to buy, which will push it to here. I mean, it's like, yes, there was math, but you have to have some kind of an understanding of what of what's happening underlying and what your capability is. That's all that I'm saying. I'm not saying it's the most sophisticated plan. I'm just saying it's not the least sophisticated plan because generally I believe like when we've seen stuff like this from a retail investor, you see this from, from the institution side, like they'll do things like this. But when we've seen things like this from a retail investors in the past that have pushed up, it's just like, it's just a herd, like the herd oh, running. Well, yeah. And this was a, this was a buildup. Okay. So um, that, 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 that was my. I'm excited for the history lesson because I think, yeah, yeah. I'm not trying to push back here. Like, I think this is a more sophisticated than average plan for sure. But, but the, hy- the hyenas are the secret sauce, right? Like you need um, the hyenas. Yeah. So there's a lot of, um, I don't want to speak ill of them, but there's a lot of non-sophisticated investors that are being taken for a ride. And some people that are going to lose their house and they don't even know it yet. And that's unfortunate. Yeah. This is going to end badly. Oh, it, yeah. I mean, it it's, probably it's already has for a bunch badly. of yeah. folks. All right. So I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to wax poetic for a bit. Please interrupt and whatnot. Cause I, I can get carried away. I'm trying not to, uh, I'm trying to hit some of like the main points because there's so much written about GameStop, I think this week. So people can go off and get all the detail they want, but some yeah. of the things that stood out to me that I think are interesting. Yeah. And this gets to the, uh, the third point you, you actually hit on this third point earlier is that uh, GameStop, it, like this whole thing was, it was viewed as a deep value stock. Like that's where, yep. that's where everything started. And so. And that, that's that where Google always says that value stocks don't perform. And this was up what, how many percent this week? So you can eat your words, son. Yep. And as we just said, all going to end badly. <laughs> Not for me, man. <laughs> so, yeah, but I, I do think that that combination, the combination of those three, there's the uh, the social media, the coordination of retail investors, and then this was a deep value stock. So it wasn't, it, it, that's what feels different about this one as well than others is like, it started off from a good place. And you said you weren't alive for Lion King, not true. Um, so I know when, when you went to go see Lion King in 1995 and you were at that mall, you definitely walked past a Babbage's. For I don't know what that, a Babbage's is. is this an east coast thing okay what's going on here i don't know have you are you familiar with electronics boutique i grew up in a cow field dude no i don't know any of these names fair enough okay so um so for those that are you have to be probably 32 or older most likely to to have known this but so back in um uh, 80s 90s uh, there was a, it was a company called Babbage's. It was a store that was in a lot of malls. It might've been predominantly East coast. I don't know. Yeah. But Babbage's was a place that you could go and, and buy like, um, used games, uh, and video games primarily was in collectibles and related collectibles. So there was this company called Babbage's. Um, and in the late, uh, to late nineties, um, Babbage's actually bought, uh, the company that we now know is GameStop. So it was like a subsidiary, right? Okay. So eventually, so Babbage's was doing really well, bought GameStop, um, new, um, new leadership came in and it kind of started, it got a little wanton, I would say. And so through the, through the 2000s, it started making some acquisitions um, and started expanding aggressively um, in physical stores. So they bought Electronics Boutique. You really should know either Babbage's or Electronics Boutique or both, but that's fair. I don't want to hear your nose Not again. if you grow up in a cow field. I mean, that's, keep going. That's fair. <laughs> So they're growing aggressively into physical stores. They bought Spring Mobile. Um, they bought a bunch of AT&T like locations. Yeah. Right? So it, it was just going wild during this time when consoles were actually like coming up. So if you, if you didn't look into the future and only assume that what you were doing at that point in history is going to continue forever, 
the stuff they were doing made sense, right? And so they, they started doing pretty well. Yeah. Then, as we all know, uh, via like what Netflix did see in the future and GameStop did not, is that maybe, maybe you should think about a little bit of digital, um, but they didn't. So things started not going, going so well. So GameStop, uh, their, tank, their stock tanked, right? They yeah. still have all this physical property, um, still trying to make um, mountains out of molehills, but they don't even have molehills. Then in, I'm going to fast forward to what I would say is actually the beginning of what we're, um, we're talking about happening today, yeah. which is March of 2019. Okay. It's the beginning that I'll state. So March of 2019, there was a Redditor, uh, Delaney DI um, is their handle. And My they boy. tweeted, oh, there you go, rain it in. So they, uh, they, they posted on Reddit, um, GameStop Investment Thesis was the name of the post, uh, again, in March 2019. And they, they went, they had their formulas around like equity value, enterprise value and the sales and EBITDA and all this stuff. And they were saying like, uh, this is not contingent on turnaround, but I just think this you, thing is a deep value Did you say EBITDA? Cause that eat, eat a better. <laughs> what, what you gonna eat? If you're looking at financials, that's what like, you gonna eat? You gonna eat that's a better? Like how how John ja Rule would, would break down <laughs> the financials? Eat a better. All right. So let me just. I, I'll jump in here. Yeah, I love the in. history. I'm not gonna. But like, yeah, around that time, uh, probably even 2018, 2019. Uh, you're. I'm seeing posts in like deep value of like, whoa, this this is super cheap, and this is you made fun of my investment philosophy a bunch and keep going. But this is like the typical, if there is a typical, like the dying retail. Um, absolutely. They get so dirt cheap that you get to the point where you, you go, gosh, even if they sell off their merchandise, like you probably still make a few pennies, you know, like, so um, definitely around that time, people are talking about this with what I think is a fairly compelling investment thesis um even though the future business prospects aren't great yep makes a lot of sense and it especially makes sense that you would think this was a a, a solid investment thesis went down by about 70 percent over the next 18 months hell yeah so, so but <laughs> to add to that the reason it was in the shareholder yield fund is because shareholder yield for those who don't know is a buyback yield plus dividend yield so it was one of the highest ranked uh companies in all the US market based on those two metrics. And those are strong indicators of future performance. So they're giving more money back to their shareholders than almost anyone else during this time. And if you have the ability to buy back shares and pay your dividend consistently, you have cash on hand. You can't do those things if you don't have cash. So yes, I'm happy if it goes down 70% because I'm buying more. And then I make my how many thousand percent return? <laughs> All right, go. There you go. I like it. I like it. Um, so I'm gonna hit on. I'm gonna hit on a few points. As you mentioned, goes up and down. You have opportunities to buy more. So over the next 18 months, it went down by nearly 70 percent. But it was it was bouncing up and down, right? Fairly stagnant, but bouncing up and down. During one yeah. of those dips was in August of 2019 when Michael Burry bought a three percent stake. Yes. So Michael Burry was. Uh, if people have seen The Big Short or read The Big Short by Michael Lewis, Michael Burry is like the main character in that the the person that made the very very large bet against the housing market right he took a little bit of took a little break from investing after that and then came back um is now running scion a different version of scion again yes so he bought he bought a three percent stake in august 2019 during one of those dips when it was down about 68 70 percent um so that that three percent stake he held on to for about a year 
and then he sold half of it. So in August of 2020, he sold half of it from the public. What I can see, it was about a 40% return. I don't actually know what his deal terms, right? Were about oh, no, they, but that's all that but, matters. Let's yeah. estimate it. Yeah. So about a 40% return, he sold half. So the point so far, I would say the, the Reddit thesis hypothesis started in April, March of 2019. Michael Burry then is known to have bought it in August of that year. Not a lot is necessarily happening with it, but it's kind of, you know, it's doing its thing. It's like, it's performing as you'd want, like something that you bought in value stock to perform. If you had a 40% return in one of your stocks, awesome, right? Again, pretty typical. Like that's, that's what you do. You, well, that's what I do. I buy, I hold for around a year, typically, unless something crazy happens and your good returns are in the 40 to 60% range and your bad returns are in the minus 20% range and it all comes out to positive. So exactly. So, so then let's ignore the stock market for, for just a couple bullets and then we'll get back to it. Okay. So from then through uh, end of 2020, sales fall like 25%. They close 800 stores over those, those two years. So yeah. like the company, for all intents and purposes, is not doing well. They do invest a little bit in digital, but not doing well, right? Well, uh, and just to take issue with that point, because I've held a lot of these stocks that are like announcing left and right that they're closing these stores. Uh, I agree with your premise, but that doesn't always mean that the company is not doing well for the shareholder. A lot of cases are taking out more costs. It's like a lot, a lot of times that ends up positive for the shareholder if they're smart about how they do it. So, yep, no, that's right. That's right. Now, now, mind you, during this time, this is still when like the stock ends up being down. So yeah, and then oh, not, absolutely. So, yeah. so like, but, but I agree. And typically, those the the bullets I just named, you can't just say that company's not doing well because those things happened. Like that was that's a big leap. But I'm letting you know the company was not doing well um, <laughs> during, during this time. Um, so, but then we all know, like over this time period, it was an eight thousand return, eight thousand percent return on the stock. So then, so what the heck happened? And most of this, what happened recently, I think is what's been on the news more so, but I'll just give a couple more pieces of history and then we can get into the conversation a little more. So April of 2020, there was another Redditor, Senior Hedgehog. Um, I believe it's probably Sonic's dad. I don't know, but I'm guessing it's Sonic's dad. Um, comes out with a post, April 2020. And he is saying, this is the biggest short squeeze of your entire life. Uh, 84% of of the shares were shorted of the float was shorted at that time. Um, he has this final, I love this uh, final all cap sentence that says GameStop is a steal trading up 20% on the day and it will be at $10 by month's end. Right? So, so this is like the, the tiny little snowball that starts the, the short squeeze like thesis. So the value thesis happened before this is a short squeeze yeah. thesis that he kind of starts it. This was a minor snowball that happened there. So over the next month, it like nearly doubled. But then, then kind of starts to fall. So it starts to fall, trickles down a bit. August, it's like up 20% roughly since he, he made that, that piece. Then comes the big catalyst. What's the big catalyst? I'm, I'm hoping it's Wall Street Bets. No, I mean that Wall Street Bets is what we've been talking about. No, that's, that's a little trickles so far. <laughs> so the big catalyst comes when Ryan Cohen, who's the, the co-founder of Chewy, Chewy is an e-commerce uh, shop. You buy stuff for your pets, basically. It's like uh, pets.com 20 years later, but it actually makes a few bucks, I think. Exactly. Um, stock is up like, it went public in 2019. Stock's up about 3x. It's been in the market by about that same amount uh, during that time. Uh, Ryan, as, a, as a side note, Ryan Cohen has been in the, uh, the investment news over like the past year-ish because he made billions off of, of Chewy. He left Chewy. Yeah. 
um, and put all of his money into two stocks. Um, and so and that, not all of his money, but he put like a sizable chunk of his, his money into Wells Fargo and Apple. And so that, that's like, it's like been this, uh, this like a headline that happens every now and again, but like doesn't really mean anything, but it just comes up. So if people may have seen his name from that. But anyway, so Ryan, the reason I bring up Chewy is because uh, Ryan Cohen is, because he's been in the news there, among the people that might be on Wall Street Bets is known as like an e-commerce guy. Like he knows how to do things that were analog and turn them digital is like a, like a general view. I'm just saying, right. I'm just saying, well, I'm I not mean, saying he's whatever. the guy, but so he, um, he ends up buying like a $6 million stake uh, in GameStop right through his venture firm. It sends us the shares up 24% uh, sure. that day. And this, this is the start of like the main, the main catalyst. So then GameStop does end up hitting, as it was predicted, like around $10. At that point, 70% of its shares were short under seven, right? And you start this, this snowball that happens. And if you look from August, September of last year, that's when things start to go. Yeah. Um, by the end of last year, between then and the end of 2020, it's up 400%. Okay. So that, that's like, that was the big catalyst. And then came the, the, like, if Ryan Cohen said, oh, you think I'm just going to invest? Oh, you think I'm just going to invest? And that did something for your stock? In January, which is this month, he joins the board. And that yeah. is what set fire. But uh, I, I mean, so the, again, I'm not like some market genius over here, but that's what happens when people buy a lot of the stock. Like when you buy a significant portion of the company, you can get on the board. Like that's not a, particularly special thing like that kind of happens yeah i know that so that's not special <laughs> i'm 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 drop i'm dropping this knowledge because uh because i think in in many circumstances like if you if people are looking at what's going on going back to your point they're like this there's this political movement between wall street and main street yeah and on reddit we're gonna make this political movement happen and then the stock goes up 400 in a week which is what happened this past week and they're like yes political movement we were able to turn the tides here and i'm saying go back and look at this snowball like th this thing there's so many like little points that were like lighting little firecrackers and the ryan the ryan cohen like double pump head fake hit that yeah. three-pointer all right is, yeah. is ultimately is, is what allowed the redditors to make this happen right now what's so great about this for skippy and Dougals is Dougals is a momentum investor long-term momentum i am a value investor this was a value stock michael blurry and uh, the Chewy guy, both made investments here because they thought there was value, I would argue. Uh, maybe not the Chewy yeah. guy. Maybe the Agreed. Chewy guy yeah. is uh, definitely going to work wonders with their website, right? Definitely but, So this is a value stock. And then the hyenas turned it into a momentum stock. And they did product marketing on it and turned it into this fake political thing. And that's hilarious because... Um, I think in early in one of your three points about GameStop, you said like, no, the, the tweet, the guy was like, this is a brand new game or a new chapter, something like that. I don't think either of those things. I think this has happened all the time with uh, Tulips and Amsterdam and what every other bubble there is. I think this is just a bubble. And uh, I think it's kind of how things work. Uh, when we switch gears, I'm going to talk about more bubbles because the the retail investor hyenas right now are out and about. And I had a lot of fun with that this week, doing some research. Uh, for I, I look forward to that one. I think this, so the reason I do think this is different is because of the coordination, which I know you, you, you said like is not as sophisticated as I'm making it sound, 
But I, I think that that is different about this. I, I do think that that makes us different. I don't know if it's a new chapter or not, but I think if uh, my, 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 my guess is that the SEC actually like does something to try and like oh, rein this in enough because you don't have to do a lot really I, I think to make this not happen but that's that's my belief um, to, i mean people point. aren't allowed to talk to each other well sorry one more thing like um what is it you know the the most famous bubble it's tulips in amsterdam right in like one the 1400s yeah. like one of them it, we're saying people weren't talking to them to other people there no they were running around the streets being like have you heard about tulips oh man price price goes up and it never goes down and buy some tulips like but yeah but spreading the word is different than than like than uh, telling people telling the masses they have to get to a certain point like that's closer to revolution you you were on the streets of amsterdam in the 1400s you know that some dude wasn't running around being like oh man when the price gets to 20 holy cow then you're gonna retire off your tulips like those narratives have happened all the time man (laughs) <laughs> this not okay all right i i'm not saying people haven't talked to each other i hear you people probably talked about the tulip too yeah but this is when you put the power of this is why my my, my three takeaways go in there because when you put the power of social media in, i think those three takeaways go together because when you say we have the power of social media that can move stocks that exist today when you say that there there's enough sophistication among retail investors that you can coordinate using that social media. And when you have a snowball that already starts because of a separate reason, then you have two forces. You have the forces of value investing, the forces of Skippy, and the yeah. forces of, of momentum, the forces of Dougals that are coming together mixed with sophisticated coordination and the power of social media. I think that that does lead to being able to do this in a different in a different way. And it's, it's also, it wasn't like, a, well, at least Look, when, if I remember back to uh, the 1400s, I'm trying to remember. I don't remember exactly what I was doing, but I remember at that point tulips, but I don't remember roses and sunflowers and yeah. all this other stuff taking off, yeah. right? Just like like here, you've got uh, AMC and American Airlines, and you you've got like Cos. Oh man, got, yeah. No, I hear you. I'm I'm just saying that like the the, the roses just didn't make the history books. But your your thesis there is great. But that's a thesis of a changing world, like. Uh, social media is doing the same thing to politics. And so what happened in the 2016 election, um, Facebook, Twitter, everybody else, they tried to take, they tried to make some subtle reforms to make, so there will be something like that. I agree with you. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's all I'm saying. This is, I think this is the the first time that we've seen it at this scale happen like this. And I, it's a, to your point with politics, um, Obama, right. Created the machine of social yeah. media being able to do this. And then Trump was like, I take your machine and I one up yeah. you right yep. with it. Right. I agree. I think that this is, and that that's my point. Like, I think this is different for that reason. And what does this mean? Go forward um, to maybe this may close it out. It may not, we can keep talking. Cause I talk about this all day, but uh, to your point around like why Burry first got in yeah. um, his comment that he made a few days ago around this was he said, he tweeted out, if I put GME, which is GameStop's ticker, on your radar and you did well, I'm genuinely happy for you. However, what is going on now, there will there should be legal and regulatory repercussions. This is unnatural, insane, and dangerous. Agreed. I I mean, I'm generally gonna agree with well, that's not true. I I follow his investments, um, kinda, and I don't always agree with them, but um, I'm generally gonna agree with his thought process there. There's some logic to it for sure. I mean, I saw you drinking some water, so I bet you bought water. He also bought water. I, 
Uh, all right. All right. Fired so, up. Fired up. What's next? So I did some research this week, and my research was uh, more having fun on Robin Hood. This is this was the most fun I had in at least 2021. Are you familiar with? Uh, I think it's pronounced dog coin. Uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's dog. Oh, um, it's dog. It's D O G E. Okay. All I know is like the memes are dogs, and so I was like, is it is it a silent e or whatever? Yeah. Um, Before you go on, I just want to clarify. So you're on yeah. this app called Robinhood, which I think you learned about from TikTok investors' video from last <laughs> <I> week. <know. laughs> Wait. Uh, okay. So back to great and stuff. The people. Um, I get it. There will be lawsuits and Robinhood will pay money. But the people that lost their minds about Robinhood restricting purchases didn't understand that what was more likely happening is Robinhood didn't have cash to cover the positions of people. Uh, so we talked about margin debt a couple of weeks back or maybe last week, right? There's more margin debt to purchase securities now than there ever has been in the history of the world, right? Um, so... Uh, you mentioned it, right? GameStop, AMC, whatever else. Everything's going to the moon. Yeah. This is all, I don't know if this is like Wednesday, Thursday, whatever. This is all you hear about. Like people that don't know about investing are texting me. People I mentioned that are only about politics are like posting on social. Like it's just taking it over. This story is taking over the world. And uh, the freaking Reddit crowd, I don't even think it's the same folks. I think it's like imitation folks. Cause there's a guy on Twitter called Wall Street Bets now. And if you read his timeline, it says not affiliated with the Reddit Wall Street Bets guy, even though he has the same logo and everything else. So What's people the are ripping, they're ripping it off because they're trying to make money. So how are we saying this? Dog I think, coin? I think, I think it's Doge, but Doge. We, 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 okay. yeah. Who Something knows? Uh, I'm going to call it Dog because that's way more fun. Uh, <laughs> so. It's a it's a penny stock, but it's even worse than a penny stock because there's no company behind it, right? And we have talked about cryptocurrencies and how it's entirely speculation. But I see this gaining steam on social and everyone's going, so this uh, coin is worth, uh, I don't know, a penny maybe, two pennies maybe, right? It's the most tweeted about thing in the world the last couple days i think or in the u.s probably last okay. couple days everyone's trying to get it to a dollar so i decided to do some market research right i bought a hundred bucks of the coin i had i had something like two thousand coins in i love this three in three hours i uh sold half my position and took my hundred bucks back and so now i have a thousand ish coins right because the thing went freaking straight up and like from what to what when you say freaking straight uh, up? i think i oh, bought it cool. four cents and sold it eight cents right whoa and same day <laughs> no in like i mean it was two hours max it might have been like 45 yeah, but minutes. same day oh yeah yeah because uh my calculus was so first of all this is not an investment at all this is like a worse than a lot of ticket this is worse than sports gambling but i wanted to do some research right because I think it's important to understand the human emotions that come with that hysteria, those hyenas, right? And um, it was thrilling, man. Like it was, it was absolute, absolutely fun. Um, and now, if Dogcoin goes to forty k, like Bitcoin, ten years from now, I have a three, a free thousand coins. Yeah, cause, <laughs> so, because you're just free rolling at this point, you took out your money, you're free I'm rolling. Free rolling, yeah. 
Yeah, um, that's great. And I looked it up. It seems like it's Doge. Seems like Dogecoin. Doge. Doge. So, okay. We'll see. Um, but I'm so into this. So I want to talk rational, irrational, because uh, no, I want to talk. I actually want to set this back and try and ground it in personal finance. We can have all our fun. And this was a week of hysteria. I know you and I have talked about lotto ticket stocks before and having a portion of your portfolio to set aside to play with. Um, I think my advice to the average investor, if this is something that was really fascinating to you, it's uh, it's okay if you don't want to sit on the sidelines. Like if you want to be part of this, that's fine. But I think you have to have clear limits and clear guidelines about what you're going to do. In my case, I was playing around with a hundred bucks that I fully expected to lose because I knew I wasn't making an investment per se. I was playing around with the hysteria of the hyenas, right? And it, I was taking precautions to make sure I didn't become one of those hyenas. Yeah, so I, I just wanted to talk about that a little bit, right? Yeah, I, I think that's critical. I, I was um, reading something on CNN about there was like a, a dad somewhere that makes like 35K a year. And he took the beginning of this even sounds aggressive. He took $4,500 and Ooh. put it into GameStop. And that that $4,500 is now on paper. It's over a million dollars, it seems like. And he's like, I'm not cashing out. And and if you're, I mean, for one, taking taking 10%, having 10% of your annual salary invested is not a crazy thing by itself. But when you're at a when you're at $35,000 a year and have a family, 10% of your your income is is pretty significant to put in not an investment, I would say, which is a speculation and maybe believe it's an investment or um, I don't know exactly where his head's at or believe what you were talking about before, believe the product marketing around this, a political movement and feeling it that way, yeah. as opposed to what it is. Well, I mean, simple math there. So a million bucks is roughly 30 times his current annual salary. Like that's almost retired, you know, basic back of the envelope math is like 25 times your annual income and you can retire. Right. Yeah. So like, it, it's not, it's obviously not our money and I'm not here to judge anyone else, but What's so crazy, um, there's been a bunch of hypotheses about people sitting at home, uh, less sports on TV, driving people to the markets, right? And the crazy thing about the markets, even with something like Robinhood, is like the markets close and you kind of, if you're addicted to checking your social and that addiction turns into addiction to checking your Robinhood, then the markets close. But if you're investing in cryptos, the markets never close, man. It could be 3 a.m., it could be 3 a.m. on a Sunday morning and you could be like, oh, man, this coin is going to the moon. Rocket ship emoji. Like it's it's crazy. And that is bad for your average investor. Why do you think it's bad? Uh, because that uh, desire to to check the more the more you check, the more unwarranted action uh, happens. So. You know, most of good investing is sitting on your ass, right? That's just how it works. Yeah, boring. Um, it's and and even talking about the market weekly as we are doing now is probably bad for my investment strategy because I'd be better off if I was on vacation um, or whatever else. Like, just the more you think about it, the more you torture yourself into action that's not really warranted. I think that makes a lot of sense if it's always open. I think I, I've mentioned this to you this before, but like. I I check my portfolio frequently, like uh, every day. I don't I don't check it all the time every day, but I do look at it every day. Because for me, what it does is it it helps me to um, understand 
the market better. And my better understanding allows me to actually sit still. I don't think that's how the average person works, but like, but that's, that, that's what it does for me. Cause like, I know, so by, by me looking at stocks going up 40% one day and down 60% the next day, or having like having those types of swings means that when I see those swings, I don't think that they're rare. And so I, I can sit back. Like, so that, that's what it does for me. I may be taking issue with semantics here, but um, by saying it helps you understand it better implies that the short-term price movements are actually meaningful. And in a lot of cases, I don't feel like they are. So um, it, GameStop is the perfect example here. Was it worth seven bucks two years ago? And I'm making up that number. I just know is low. And is it worth uh, 350 bucks now? No, it's not. The true value is not either one of those things, right? Um, so if I check the market every day on that particular security, it doesn't necessarily give me peace of mind. It tells me that there's lunatics out there, hyenas rather. And that gives me peace of mind. Okay. Well, then I buy like, that narrative. Yeah. It's the, it's, I think we're kind of making the same point because um, the, the short-term price fluctuations aren't necessarily meaningful. Sometimes they can be, but, but generally aren't meaningful. And yeah. by me looking at the market more, I'd realize how often that happens. And therefore I realize that they're not meaningful. And like that, okay. that's really helpful for me. And so when I know you were talking about some, some friends that like the, the bulk of their investments at least are more in real estate than in, in stocks because they can't handle those fluctuations. Yeah. And for me, it's, I think if, uh, if you see those fluctuations as not just a, a part of a cycle or a, a short-term fluctuation, then you can say like this, this is like my portfolio. What if it never comes back? What if it, and by, you know, I've, I've looked at decades of stock returns. I look at things daily. And so like in my yeah. head, that's what it helps for me. Other people might not need this, but that's what it helps for me to be like, things fluctuate. Like they fluctuate oh, yeah. wildly. Right. I have one stock um, that has since, I think I, I bought it. This is in my play portfolio, not in my, uh, my model yeah. portfolio. I bought it like last October and it's gone up. Uh, it went up like a hundred percent um between over the next three months and now it's back back down to only up three percent right and i'm just like all right because like i know that that happens yeah right like well, news can drive it up news can drive it down no so my favorite quote relating to that nonsense is basically that's the price of admission i mean that crazy uh volatility that's the only that's the reason stocks on average get you better returns than almost any other investment vehicle over the long term, because a lot of people can't handle that volatility. So, and I am not disagreeing with anything you say, but the way I frame that in my mind is like, we have to find a story to tell to ourselves that helps keep us calm. And I'm not sure that that's always the full truth that you're uncovering there. I think it's your finding the right story to make it make sense to you which is how humans work. I mean, that's not bad. It's not, you're not doing anything wrong. You're being perfectly rational. I love that. Spitting wisdom on the one, two, threes. Boom.